On May 9, 2017, Bridgeport police officer James Boulay murdered 15-year-old Jason Negron. Jason was a beautiful spirit who found his creative voice in music and fashion and is remembered as a generous and thoughtful friend to so many. His murder has had a huge impact on Bridgeport and throughout all of Connecticut and has changed the way we look at policing in our communities. For the past four years, Jason's sister Jasmarie Melendez has been leading a transformative movement organizing for justice for all victims of policing here in Bridgeport and beyond. It is an honor, as always, for me to be joined by Jazz over the phone tonight. Welcome back to Mic Check, Jazz. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining me tonight. And Thank you. Um, first off, uh, how are you? How are you feeling? Uh, how are you feeling tonight? Um, I'm feeling okay. Um, you know, I think it's always difficult to uh, talk about all of the different matters in which you know um, Jason's life has impacted me and my family and our community. But um, it's information that needs to be shared. So definitely and. And I, I always appreciate how everything you you do and, and every time you talk about Jason and his murder, it's it's very unapologetic and, and you're very straightforward and um, in, in all the work that you do. And and so I'm grateful to know you. And um, like I thank said, you. For, you to, for you to be on the show again. So thank you so much. And and again, you know, as always, I'm so sorry for your loss and my heart goes out to you and your mom and um, and every and everyone, Jason's family, and all of his friends. Um, so I just wanted to start off by asking about something, something that just happened yesterday, which was the Connecticut Post newspaper yesterday published a front page article um, about police officer James Boulay's fourth lawsuit against him, at least that that I'm aware of for direct and complicit violence against community members here in Bridgeport. He's had four lawsuits in a very short amount of time. And, and, and this is the officer that murdered Jason. And there was this, this incident um, that happened and there were multiple officers involved. And this was, and there's now a lawsuit um, that, that has, has been put forth by the victim of the police brutality in this incident um, and this was on the front page of the Connecticut Post yesterday. And so, of course, there was a lot wrong with, obviously, what those officers did during the incident to that community member. Um, and there was a lot wrong with the Connecticut Post article itself, which that's ultimately not surprising. But I wanted to get your reaction, Chaz, to that article and and what your reaction was when you first read it. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like initially when I read the article, um, you know, just right off headlines, you just see Bridgeport officers are involved in, in violence. And that's something that we see often. So um, when I clicked on it, seeing that James Boulay was named um, in the article made me very emotional because this is just yet another um, known example of James Lay's James Lay's violence and that's what was so difficult for me and emotional for me because it feels like you have this man who is terrorizing our community has murdered has caused so much harm and just continues 
to be employed by the city of Bridgeport. Um, I just want to name that um, James Blue's role in the case that we are that we know about is that um, he lied on the internal affairs report, which is interesting because this this came after a year after a year when he murdered Jason, um, and that lying was taught to him because he lied when he murdered Jason, and he had lied before, and that was taught to the higher rankings of how to um, be corrupt and how to get away with the violence that he's doing. But, um, yeah, the whole entire uh, uh, case itself, um, the civil rights case that's now going to go forward for this community member, you know, she named the former uh, police chief, A.J. Perez. She named Officer Luis Ortiz, who is actually the officer who you can see in the video body slamming um, this community member. She also named Officer um, Ronald Jersey and James Belay is named and an officer Chalicia Lancia. Um, They were all named in this lawsuit. And I think the other the next thing that um, was shocking to me, too, is that, you know, this this what's going to happen in the civil rights case. If this if the settlement is reached, um, it goes to the city council and the city council then approves you know, this fund for a settlement to be reached. But that's not accountability for what these officers did. You know, Officer Lewis Ortiz um, and actually his wife, who was in the video, are clearly using excessive force on this community member. And when that happens, a settlement, you know, that person is entitled to, you know, the victim, but that is not holding these officers accountable. And that funding that's coming out of our city budget is really just a payout for them to be able to continue doing what they're doing instead of holding them accountable. So I really believe that Luis Ortiz displayed aggression and excessive force, and we shouldn't wait until more things come out about who he is and more violence happens in our community. He should be fired. Thank you for sharing all that, Jazz. And the really quick, because I, I forgot to mention it before, could you um, just briefly talk about what took like what the uh like like the context for what took place like what like um what actually like what that what the um like what was happening when the cops came in and and brutalized that community member so there was actually a board member um of success village and they were actually having a, a meeting so this was this was not um just a random like gathering that there was like some type of altercation that there is, you know, a board meeting actually occurring. And um, from the way that it was written in the Connecticut Post article was that then became escalated verbally with people having conversations, police get called in. When the police come in, um, the video that was shared to the public shows that um, the police really ambush uh, this community member who is an elder woman, and she gets completely circled around and aggressively, really thrown aggressively, body slammed. Um, Officer Luis Ortiz is putting his, you know, knee into her back as he's trying to handcuff her. It's very, it's very aggressive, um, and the community member was arrested. And now um, this happened um, in 2017, I believe. And um, now she is coming forward to um, do her uh, civil rights case against these officers. Right, and Success Village is a a, a co-op, right? It's a um, yeah a residential community. Yeah. And 
Yeah, and so it's it's very, like you said, it. I mean, the video is is absolutely shocking. It's on the Connecticut Post website. It's in the uh, in the article because I believe it's it's public. Uh, it's been made public. This um, this this video from the incident, and um, and so yeah, it's uh, it was really really violent. And like you said, there were there were multiple officers involved, and and this was actually um, yeah the, yeah the, the actually uh, it, it this took place on September eleventh, twenty eighteen. So, um, and and in the in the Connecticut Post article itself, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know they, I mean there's just so much wrong with the article. There's so much we could talk about. Um, but you know, since since the Connecticut Post, as usual, failed to report on police violence in in a truthful way, Jazz, I was wondering if you could walk us through the various lawsuits that that have been brought against Bridgeport police officer James Boulay, who murdered your brother Jason, uh, who was just 15 years old on May 9th, 2017. Because of course, in the article, you know, there's there's no mention, there's no mention of any any of Boulay's prior lawsuits against him, including, um, the, you know, including the fact that he, he murdered Jason. Um, right. So I was just wondering if you could talk about that, Jess. Right. And that's something that we see very often. And we have, um, named, right. That, um, the media plays into, um, that very rule. And the issue is that when people in our community, any anything that happens to people in our community, um, their picture goes up, their every single aspect of their personal life is reported, any any arrest ever that they can find are reported. But then when an officer is um, doing the violence, it's very tiptoeing around those things. You know, James Boulay's name was just thrown in there um, and nothing else was said. And even originally when Jason was murdered, um, it was like, this is an officer who is just a rookie who is, um, you know, has not, has never been in any like situations. And that was proven to be false. And he's also not a rookie. He has been murdering people for a while through other lenses outside of policing. But um, James Boulay that we know of is currently in four active lawsuits. Um, my family is um, suing him for murdering Jason. Um, there is another man uh, who was actually, before Jason was murdered, he was handcuffed and punched in the face by James Boulay, and he is suing. Um, there is a woman and her um, child were injured um, when James Boulay took a, like, crazy U-turn and slammed his police cruiser into her car um, and her child was in the backseat and she was driving. So she's suing. And now this is the fourth reported um, lawsuit that we know that he's named in. But we know that there's so many more accounts of his violence. These are just lawsuits. And the other aspect of it, too, is that people don't go to the police department to write reports against these officers because nothing ever happens. And we know that. And that actually would just open a layer of unsafety for that person. Um, it's actually better for them not to do it in some regards because that puts a target on them because nothing usually comes out of that. Um, so we don't even know everything that Boulay has been doing um, to terrorize people in the community because, you know, there's not a real tangible way to get all of that information. But even with the information that we've been able to 
get and testimony of people sharing things with us. It's extensive. It's extensive. I have no idea how he is able to still have a job in the Bridgeport Police Department. Exactly. Uh, the, the first lawsuit you mentioned, he he was wildly throwing punches at Hale Wilson on November 1st, 2016, over an alleged half ounce of marijuana. Right. And just absolutely assaulted him. And August 26, 2018, like you said, when he when he crashed into Candida Morales and her three-year-old daughter, you know, and it's like, these are just two of the lawsuits um, out of, and then of course, for murdering Jason and now like this fourth lawsuit. And like, this is, this is all, like all of that is common information at this point, common knowledge, all right. publicly available. And even the Connecticut Post has previously reported on each of these lawsuits um, in recent time. And so the fact that They've come out with an article where in the very uh, like second paragraph on the front page yesterday of the newspaper, they fail, they neglect to mention anything about this man, about, the, about his history, anything. When their own paper has previously, I mean, he's the most famous uh, police officer in Bridgeport and possibly in all of Connecticut um, because his, his name has been mentioned so much. Um, since May 9th, 2017, for murdering Jason. So it's really, really just unbelievable that, you know, that the Connecticut Post came out with that coverage. It's, it's on the one hand, unbelievable, but on the other hand, very be- believable given the, their track record. Um, like you said, for when, when community members, uh, when they're reporting on, on a community member, either being brutalized by police or getting arrested for whatever, um, you know, they'll, they'll lift up their rap sheet. Or every time that person did allegedly did something wrong, but you know here James Boulay is named in a fourth lawsuit, and we, and we don't even get any mention of you know three other lawsuits. He murdered a 15 year old four years ago. They don't they don't lift up any of that. So like you said, Jazz, this is very clearly a pattern here in Bridgeport where where officers are not held accountable for their violence, and so then they they take that as a license to continue to brutalize and murder people in the community. And so Jazz, I was wondering if you could if you could talk about some other police officers here in Bridgeport besides James Boulay who have been protected by Mayor Ganim and and now former Chief Perez after murdering and brutalizing community members. Yeah. Um you know this this list of, of officers that we have um is we know it's very much more than this, but James Barrico is an officer who, and um, Jason Amato are two officers who truly um, are extremely violent, extremely dangerous officers that must be removed. They have murdered multiple community members, and they are behind many, many setups for people to be incarcerated, for people to be placed with drugs and guns, and it's very when 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 those two names pop up, it's extensive the things that they have been able to do, and they've been officers for 25 plus years. Um, Mark Martuccio is another officer um, who has um, a canine and has been using his canine to uh, attack and terrorize as well people in the community. Um, in recent um, news as well, on May 2nd and on May 5th, there were two videos that um, came out on social media. And one of the officers who was seen on the May 2nd incident is named Sergeant Sean Lynch. Um, 
another officer who has a history of violence, but he actually placed a community member in a chokehold. Uh, and that was a clear violation that the city council last June put forth a no chokehold ban as their response to um, the uprise that happened um, at George Floyd's murder. Um, and there has been no accountability on the fact that this chokehold ban was placed and, Sh- and, Sh- and Sergeant Sean Lynch placed a man in a chokehold and he is still um, working for the Bridgeport Police Department. And he's also named in another lawsuit where it says that he held a man for over 14 hours without any reason. There's uh, another officer on the May 5th incident who we don't know his name, but in the video we can see that he placed a gun to a young man's hand, uh, I mean head with one hand, and with his other hand was pulling on his hair. Um, and now we're also naming we want Louis Ortiz to be removed. Um, so that's a very short list, but this these officers are extremely violent, and we just have seen so many lawsuits connected to their names as well. So that's James Boulay. Uh, James Brico? Yes. Uh, Jason Amato, Sean, Sean Lynch? Yep. And, uh, and now, um, the... Louis Ortiz. Louis Ortiz. Um, and Mark Martuccio as well. And Mark Martuccio, uh, or, yep. or Martuccio. And, and then there's also the, the other, because the other officer who, who slammed down that woman, uh, the, the, the community member who just filed that new lawsuit, um, the that was um the um officer lancia yeah officer lancia um and and this was and also because i i yeah i don't want to just keep saying um the community member the the woman who filed the lawsuit uh uh lisa maragni i believe is is her name um who was brutalized by the the officers on the scene that day at success village so so yeah, I mean, like you said, there's just there's so many examples and and such a long list uh, of officers. But at the bare minimum, like you said, that's yeah. I mean, the fact that they're, they've still been allowed to continue and continue to to, to brutalize community members is is unacceptable. Right. And and you mentioned the city council um, chokehold ban, which on the one hand was was really interesting as a response to to in that the George Floyd moment um, after his murder in Minneapolis and the uprising that, that you talked about happening all across the country, which, which was designed obviously in solidarity with, with Minneapolis and with George Floyd's family, but was also supposed to be like um, engaging with what was actually happening in communities all across the country. And so, to ha- and that's what city councils were. That's what every. That's what all of us were supposed to be doing, or can, or you know, the work that was happening already. Like that was supposed to be kind of, like acknowledged and like lifted up and and supported. And so, for the city council to have the response that they had, or that was part of their response, was to 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 seek a chokehold ban when it like really it, it just seemed like it came out of. It came out of the, you know, seeing how how George Floyd was murdered, but not looking at what has been happening in Bridgeport and the manner in which police have been killing people here in Bridgeport. Um, so that was definitely something that was interesting about that decision because no, 
Yeah. No one right. who's been murdered by Bridgeport police over the past, I think, 10 years was by a chokehold? Correct. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, these same city council members have um, actually counter-protested, you know, justice for Jason, and we're seeking um, accountability for what just happened to Jason. And we've also seen that they've never been able to even mutter anyone else's name. You know, they they barely want to say Jason's name, but they don't want to even act like there's been other people who have been murdered um, by the Bridgeport Police Department. Um, so it's very uh, interesting, like you said, the way in which the city council conducts themselves. And it's also a really big hinder as to why justice is even more difficult because there is truly not a, a non-biased, not tied to police um, body of people representing our community. Every single person that's on the city council um, is connected to some of that layer and stands by protecting um, the systems that are in place. Thank you for for that, Jazz. And um, so I just realized we have you know a few minutes left. So I wanted to uh, to 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 say also that um, um, you know really quick to to kind of on that same topic of the city council. You know, recently there was this this decision that the city council made to remove two million to supposedly remove two million dollars from the police budget, and. There were groups in the community, like Bridgeport Generation Now, who heralded this as a victory. But the truth is that this decision, this this uh, you know, this action from the city council, um, is really not worth celebrating at all. And so, Jazz, I was wondering if you could clarify what the what this city council decision actually means, and if and if you could talk about the ways in which, um, or or maybe you know, some additional ways in which the city council has stood in the path of, or stood in the, in the way of progress and justice. Right. You know, it's, it's actually very harmful when um, we look at this and give false information and telling people that, you know, the Bridgeport Police Department was defunded because it wasn't. Two million dollars of, of job positions that were not, um, they didn't have staff members even doing that role were just cut out. So $2 million that they were basically finessing to have were taken out and then were placed into education. Um, But that's not what defunding is. Defunding is removing things that are actually harmful, removing surveillance for protests that we have, or removing militarized weapons, um, removing having an excessive amount of overtime, you know, Things that are actually going to be taking power away from the police is what we say when we mean defunding, not finding places in which you were having money that you actually weren't even using it, what it was for. I mean, yeah, that's good, but two million is nothing. They are a massive um, infrastructure that is completely overfunded. One of the largest departments in Connecticut, there should be they, they should be defunded by 50 percent, you know, even more. Um, so, this, yeah, the two million is not a celebration because it's not truly being defunded. Funded. They just found money and, and moved it. Um, and the city council, in doing that, is patting themselves on the back and making it seem like, yeah, we're doing police reform work, so don't really push this. And that's 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 really harmful because then when we're naming the fact that they're not doing anything, they have these things to say like, oh, no, we did. Um, and, yeah, the city council has just been really against anything. You have city council members saying, like, I love the police. 
and I love I love AJ Perez, and I'm standing by him. And um, you know, there's just really crazy things that they have said and done. And they're just not a non-biased entity. They are just really protecting the police. And until you know, we don't do something about them, it's going to be really difficult as a change as well because they're complicit, the police themselves are complicit, the police unions are complicit, and people who are not really holding them accountable are also complicit. Thank you, Jazz. And, you know, I just want to to bring it back to Jason for, for a moment. Jason was 15. He was a son, a friend, a cousin. He was your brother. He... Four years after his murder by the Bridgeport police, it's been four years on May 9th, earlier this month, um, that marked the four-year anniversary. Um, and I was wondering if you could talk about, briefly, um, what does justice for Jason look like to you and your family? And, um, and yeah, and if you could also just share anything else um, that, you, that you want to about, about Jason and who he was. Um, you know, when... When you say the words, you know, justice for Jason, I mean, that that directly came from May 9th, that moment when I wasn't even there, but community members learned my brother's name and started to say justice for Jason. And justice is a very difficult thing to identify what that is, because there's a big factor that justice for Jason would be Jason being alive. You know, justice for Jason would be him being able to be here and never having to have lost his life. Um, but in the immediate front, you know, do we do we want James Boulay to no longer ever be able to be a police officer? I, do we want him to never be able to have a gun in his hand? Do we want him to be accountable to be held accountable for what he did, which was murder, which was not, you know, Whatever language is used to justify police violence, no, what he did was take a gun and murder Jason, and he consciously murdered Jason, and he knew that he wanted to murder Jason. So that is what we want him to be held accountable for, which is murder. And there's a lot of other aspects as well, too, because when that's said and done, there's a restorative justice aspect of it as well that we want to see for our community and to have things in place so that Jason... Somebody like Jason, his life is not taken. And there's been before and after Jason, you know, community members have been murdered and have been, you know, um, assaulted by the police. And until that continues, you know, that that's what we're naming is that we want that to stop and that, that those forms of justice um, to be able to come forward and have a place in our, and have a safe environment in a place where people are not going to be harassed and murdered at the hands of the Bridgeport Police Department. Thank you so much, Jazz. And like you said, before and after, um, and, and that list includes 18-year-old Corbin Cooper, who was murdered June 14th, 2018, here in Bridgeport by the police, um, as well as um, Frederick McAllister, Raylan George, Jamar Morrow, um, and too many others. Um, thank you so much, uh, Jasmine Melendez, sister of Jason Negron, an organizer with the Justice for Jason movement. Thank you for all the work that you've been doing the past four years and the powerful organizing you continue to do. Um, as always, my heart goes out to you and your family. Really quick, how can our listeners learn more and get connected? 
Yeah, um, everybody can follow us on, on social media. We have Facebook and we have Instagram as well where we keep try to keep things up to date. And we have a lot of things coming up for the summer. And we're going to continue pushing forward for um, justice for Jason and justice for our community. 